Welcome to the Fitness FAQs podcast, where we use calisthenics to become strong like a gymnast, look like a bodybuilder, and gain mobility to move freely. I'm here with Gabo Saturno, and he is someone who is combining calisthenics, yoga, and he's very popular on YouTube and various social media platforms. He's respected for his ability to combine different disciplines and teach the stuff to a very high level. So, Gabo, thank you so much for joining me here, bro. It is an honor. It is truly an honor to be here. Awesome, Thank man. you so much for having me. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Awesome. I'm doing great. After filming all those videos, I'm doing, <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. We're spending a week here in Miami at Gabo's studio, mm-hmm. filming a bunch of content, collaborating photos, videos, to bring the best education that we can. As always, man, for sure. How did it all start for you? Um, I would say my fitness journey began when I was 14 years old. My dad uh, introduced me to weightlifting. Then at 20, I don't know an, an age, but I know five years ago exactly, on March 17, uh, I just checked my, actually my Instagram post. It was my yeah. first calisthenics post. I began doing calisthenics and yoga at the same time. Okay. So I, calisthenics, I saw a video of Big Brandon Carter. I don't know if you know who he yeah, is. Yeah, I've heard of him. He had an intro yeah. doing an LC2 Hansen and that just caught my attention. Nice. And then my girlfriend at the time, uh, she was doing yoga and she told me, she introduced me to yoga. I was going through a very rough time and I just wanted to change things up. So calisthenics seemed cool to me, yoga seemed also cool to me. So both of the reasons that I actually got into bodyweight training and yoga was getting a handsome and doing cool stuff. Obviously that intention changed over time. Yeah. But yeah, that's how I began five years ago doing calisthenics and yoga. So I did yoga by myself and calisthenics, I hire a coach. Right, okay. So at that time, you said that you were going through some stuff in your life. Mm-hmm. What prompted you to get into this lifestyle, a more healthy mm-hmm. living lifestyle? I hit rock bottom, like very, very hard. Okay. Uh, and even though before I was into the fitness, I mean, I, was, I, I, was, I always trained my entire life, but I was training like Monday through Friday mm. and then getting very F up. Uh, during the weekend right. and then it created into a bad habit that even though I was training, I was, um, I was training and F up myself at the same time. So I was in a, like that, I'm a very F extremist guy. Yes. So I was like training super, super hard during the week and then partying way, way, way too hard during the weekend. And if you probably know about alcohol and, yeah. and all that, it, you don't see progress as fast as if you actually focus on yeah. A health, healthy life, like you said. How old were you at the time when you were living this combination of lifestyles? So, I would say 20, 21 years old. Yes. When I, when I just got into Miami, the Miami life, the yeah, Miami right. party life. Yeah. yeah, I got very hooked into that. I went to ultra five years in a row. And yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. What, what type of things were you addicted to during that stage? Because you said mm-hmm. it wasn't a very positive Part yes, of, your, part yes. of your life. So I just opened myself up in social media and I said that uh, I did substance abuse, mm. which led me to getting anxiety and depression. Sure. So substance abuse was mostly, mostly MDMA, which is ecstasy. Yeah. Yeah. So I did abuse a lot, a lot of it. And even a quantity that if, if I say it, it's something that could, or if somebody actually take that quantity, something that can actually kill that person. And, Very high. Okay. Yes. And besides, well, ecstasy was the most 
abuse wound, I would say. I tried cocaine, uh, heroin, never. I am afraid of needles anyways. Um, marijuana, but I don't, I don't see any, any, anything wrong with that as long as you're not addicted completely to it. Never got addicted to that one. I was more of an uppers, uppers thing. Uppers too, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Adderall, uh, MDMA, cocaine, yeah. and those type of drugs. Okay, and how was it, the progression of that? Did it start mm -hmm. out quite aggressive to begin with, or did you build a tolerance, increase? Uh, what, what was the process of that? Tolerance, for sure, was built. And I was doing exercise only um, when I party, when I went to Ultra. Mm. Then I actually went to school for sound engineering. Yeah. So I wanted to be a DJ. Yeah, right. And like after I realized that with exercise you hear the music better and like, you, like everything sounds better. And then you become attached to, I mm. need this to do my job well. And I exactly. So it wasn't not even recreational, but it was also like to work. So I'm like, I'm a very, like I said, addictive and extremist guy. Yeah. So I was taking exercise to actually work and produce songs. And like, I would stay until like 9, 10 a.m. Just popping pills. Yeah. That's the true reality. And that's crazy, man, because we were speaking before that you were at a crossroads in your life. Mm -hmm. You were deciding between two passions. So yes. you're building fitness passion as well as you had the background in sound engineering. Mm -hmm. So you're probably going to become a DJ or in the world of fitness. Yes. Where do you think you'd be if you chose the music path? Um, I would probably not be addicted to those substances. Like I would probably recognize that that is not the way to go, but I, would, I, I think I wouldn't be as happy as I am with fitness because it was a tough decision because identity, we, we identify ourselves with yeah. so many things. Yeah. So I was, I wanted to become a DJ since I was like, 14 years old, I was making music in my garage uh, when I lived in Venezuela. And then I got two degrees in sound engineering, an associated and a bachelor. Yeah. So then when I realized that I began posting on social media my progress, documenting and everything, and people say you have a good handstand. And then I began like teaching my first client. And then I had to, I, I thought that I had, yeah, I thought that I had to decide between one or the other. Yeah. And it was a tough decision, like killing that identity because yeah. we tend to identify too much with who we are, what we do, what, what we like, what we don't like. And changing that is actually really hard. Yeah. And it took me, it was a hard decision, but I saw the two paths and I, the music one didn't, didn't, was not fulfill myself so much as the fitness one. And how I realized that is when somebody talked to me about music, about a rapper or somebody, yeah. I was like, okay, that's cool, nice. But when somebody talked to me about how do you eat, my eyes would yeah. like illuminate and I was like, yo, drink this, eat that, because I knew more about that stuff. That's where you know what your true passion is for too. Mm -hmm. And you were speaking about how when you stopped doing music, got out mm -hmm. of the industry, stopped identifying with that, that would have been a huge shift because you stopped the addictive you know, drugs, alcohol, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Your identity changed from that. Mm -hmm. Your friendship circle, I imagine, would have changed as well. Absolutely. How did you deal with all of those factors and overcoming changing identity as well as overcoming addiction? Because I'm sure everyone watching and listening to this can relate to addiction in some form. It doesn't have to be 
hardcore drugs like you're your involved phone. in. It can be looking at your phone. It can be that. It can be a habit or something that you can't break. Mm -hmm. You can't overcome the desire to do something. Mm -hmm. So for you, you had the physiological overcoming of that, mm -hmm. psychological, social. How did you deal with that? Because that's a, that's a very respectable change. And some people don't get mm -hmm. out of that, that trap. It's true. So how, there were so many questions. Addiction, involved in how the did you idea. overcome the addiction first, the physical and mm -hmm. psychological dependence of external things, mm -hmm. drugs, alcohol? How did I overcome my addictions? You uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, an addictive, I have an addictive personality mm -hmm. per se. So I realized that it was not a matter of letting things like get rid of all the things, mm -hmm. but changing those things for other addictions, other healthy addictions. So I change the drugs for working out, for working out more. I change uh, other drugs <laughs> for working on my own business, working on, my, on myself, meditating, like changing those bad habits for actually good habits. Sure. So I think that's, I've, I mean, that's what worked for me. Also, as I've begun progressing on, my, on the fitness industry, you begun having a sense of responsibility mm. and that obligated me. That was the, the, like the last year. Like my first year of calisthenics, I was not addicted to exercises, but to Xanax because I got a anxiety because of that and so because like of other that, things. That yeah. loop of being up here, wanting to come down here exactly. as opposed to your natural stability. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I was addicted to that substance while my first and first and a half, almost like two years of doing yoga and calisthenics, I was literally on four milligrams of Xanax every single day just to function, okay. which if I give you a dose of that right now, you will fall asleep and woke up maybe like in three or four days. Wow. So I got my hands and being numb completely. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. And what did you replace it with? You said you replaced it with stuff in a healthy way. What were the healthy addictions that you replaced it with? Waking up at 5 a.m., going for a walk, listening to audiobooks, which that was an advice from Elliot Holt. Then I would come back and do my yoga practice, then meditation, then a small training in the middle of the day, mm -hmm. then another yoga session in the middle of the day, then calisthenics in the afternoon, then meditating at night, then yeah. like always trying to be active because I realized I'm a hyperactive person. Sure. And I needed to release that energy. Anxiety is, is trap emotions and trap energy, yeah. and you need to release that. Sure. So that's a, that's a good habitual change, mm -hmm. and you overcame the physical aspect by replacing it with other things to keep you busy. Mm -hmm. How did you deal mentally with it? Did you read books? Did you, did you meditate? What were, your, what were your tools for identifying with a healthier perspective on, on life, who you are as a person, and detaching from mm -hmm. that uh, destructive, addictive I would path. say movement was the biggest one for me. Because I tried to just meditate without movement yeah. when I was like cutting down Xanax. And even though I was meditating for like 40 or 50 minutes, mm. like my brain didn't shut up. Like when you stop that substance too, too abruptly, it's like you, your brain just doesn't have a break. Because that, the Xanax or any anxiolytic, they yeah. call it, it's like a break. So if you take that break out, it's like you're spinning at no stop. Mm. So I had to move in order to release that energy and then chill, meditate, do yoga yeah. to like calm that energy. That's why like I 
I talk about the yin and the yang of calisthenics and yoga. Yes. Calisthenics made me release that aggression. Yeah. And yoga was the one that centered me and allowed me to be in peace with myself. Beautiful. And I know a lot of people that are listening and watching mm -hmm. are fascinated by calisthenics and yoga. Mm -hmm. How do you personally combine both practices? Because as you said, strength mm -hmm. and mobility and flexibility, mm -hmm. that's, that's a perfect holistic approach to fitness. It is. It is. And I don't believe you need to, like, I believe you can get stronger by doing anything else, like something else that is not calisthenics, and you can become flexible by even doing calisthenics. So it's not that yoga makes you flexible, calisthenics makes you stronger. It's that I see the mental and how I feel benefits more than the physical aspects, if that makes sense. Yes. Obviously, there was like, it was a transition. Like yes. I said at the beginning, yoga was to just, I, to become more flexible, to yeah, do the yeah. headstands, yeah, yeah, yeah. to do the arm balances. Calisthenics was to get the plans, the front lever, like, being, like getting stronger, yeah. looking good. Yeah. And that just shifted over time. But how I combine it, I began combining it, uh, yoga in the morning and then calisthenics in the afternoon. And it has been probably like that for oh, most of the time. It changes sometimes. Sometimes I train in the morning and I do yoga session in the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I do two sessions of calisthenics, two sessions of yoga. There are periods where I just focus a lot on calisthenics. It was a year that I yeah. didn't do any type of yoga. Yeah, right. And it was a year that I didn't do any, no. No, I always do calisthenics. Always, always yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it do you never... feel that doing one at a time is mm -hmm. as good as doing both? It depends on your goals. It, okay. abso it absolutely depends on your goals. Uh, somebody asked me on in one interview if, that, if I believe that to be the perfect match. I don't believe there is a perfect match. I believe it's a perfect match for you. So yeah, that right. is a perfect match for me because for me, yoga is way more about stretching. I actually think you can get more flexible by doing something else that is not yoga. Uh, yoga for me is like, it, it's, you, you get a different feeling from working out. Because yeah. you are forced to be in a mat, you're forced to listen to yourself, you're, yeah. you're forced to listen to your demons, per se. Right, so yeah, you're forced yeah. to, to deal with that. Well, if you're doing calisthenics and you have a bunch of bars, you can yeah. walk around and all that yeah. stuff. But that what, that's what works for me. And doing them separately, um, I think it can work because I see yoga as calisthenics and I see calisthenics as yoga and I see like, we're just moving. So like we, we put so many names and yeah. right now if we talk about calisthenics, we think about front levers, we think about planches, we think about like muscle ups and stuff. Yeah, when yeah. in reality calisthenics is using your own body weight to train. Yeah, it's, it's, yoga. it's strength training, it's mm -hmm. building muscle, it's building flexibility. Exactly. You can attach a title to any of those, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day we're training, we're exercising, we're improving physically, mentally. mentally so many benefits we could mm -hmm. sit here for an hour explain all those rattling benefits. off all those benefits yeah like i hear when people say like calisthenics for strength and yoga for flexibility i can stretch here doing calisthenics mm -hmm. and i can do a yoga practice that builds the strength yeah. obviously it's a different type of strength it's like pushing it's different yeah. from that's why i do also calisthenics to combine it with like i don't create muscle imbalances by not yeah. pulling myself. Or being dogmatic mm -hmm. in the sense that calisthenics people often say, strictly no weights. I'm not oh yeah, 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 exactly. Absolutely, I absolutely disagree with that. Uh, I mean, I don't do weights currently, but it's because it doesn't match my goals. Yeah. But I, I also, it's not that I hate that, but I'm, some, the people that says that 
calisthenics, if you touch a dumbbell, you are not doing calisthenics. You are not a calisthenics athlete. Yeah. You are you are out of the club. I'm yeah. like, no, I mean like we're meant to explore, we're meant yeah. to we're meant to try different things. And if grabbing a dumbbell makes you happy, grabbing a dumbbell and grabbing a bar at the same time makes you happy, yeah. by any means go ahead and do that. And in my opinion it's about choosing combinations that complement each other. Yes. So if you're just doing calisthenics, mm -hmm. you're going to miss out on range of motion aspects of yoga. Mm -hmm. If all you do is calisthenics and you don't use weights at all, then injury is more likely to occur because you're not isolating areas mm -hmm. of weakness. Rotator cuff, mm -hmm. maybe isolating your biceps or triceps to prevent mm -hmm. golfer's elbow or elbow-related injuries. What about the shoulder? You've got to address scapular stabilizers, rotator cuff, like I said. That stuff, you need to choose the right tools for mm -hmm. the job and just yoga, just bodybuilding, just calisthenics, mm -hmm. it leaves room on the table for optimization of human potential. Human potential, absolutely. And those people that say it's about calisthenics, they're using bands. So that's the same as using a dumbbell in a sense. Yeah. It's resistance and they say, no, I don't, I don't do weights. Yeah, but you're, you're using bands. So it's yes. basically the same, you're using weights. So, I know. I know. What I want to ask as well is you've got to approach with yoga in the morning, calisthenics in the evening. Mm -hmm. Are you the type of person to be really strict with your training? Do you, do you write it out? This day I'm doing this, this day I'm doing this. Or do, you, do you go by feel? I go by feel. You go by feel? I Why? suck at that. Um, because I know my body, first of all, like pretty well. Yeah. So I know that if I have a plan, I've done it, like I have a plan, but I, I break it depending on the feel, because if I'm feeling heavy, if I eat a bunch of carbs the day before and I got a massive pump, I know I'm gonna get most by doing weighted pull-ups, weighted dips, yeah, right. than by doing a hand balancing session when I, I'm super tight that I can even yeah. raise my arms. If I am feeling very light, if it's 6 p.m. in the afternoon, and I'm like, I have no inflammation, I feel light, I feel aware, I'm gonna get most out of a hand balancing session of a yoga session than trying to do, again, weighted pull-ups or weighted dips because yes. I'm not gonna have that strength. So I try to go by feel. I do have like my goals in mind and I know like, okay, pull, push, and I choose two or three skills, mm. but I mostly go by feel. Okay. Is that something that you'd recommend for the average person training? Because you're, you're an expert in the field. Let's put it out there. You've mm -hmm. been doing this for a while. You research it. Mm -hmm. You can do the skills yourself. You can teach it. But not everyone has that. A lot of people will get paralyzed by, I can do this exercise. Mm -hmm. I can train on this day, this mm -hmm. many days a week, this many sets, this mm -hmm. many reps, these drills. Mm -hmm. And for some people, they might do too much or too little. True. What do you, what do you recommend for, for the average person listening? I would say, um, have a plan, have a structure, but be able to break it if it doesn't go your way. So you are working from Monday to Saturday and this is your plan, this is your rep range. But if your rep range, you're, you're trying to get to 12 and you, you get to 12 but you can do 15, I mean, if you feel it, go for 15, yes. something like that. Or if you wake up one day and you don't wanna, I mean, you really, your body is like completely sore, but in your workout program it says that you need to train that day listen to your body yeah but again that for the average yo like mm, sometimes it's they, yeah it's tough to say if like it's laziness mm. or am i really sore yeah so for the average yo i would recommend using techniques like hrv 
that measure if you if your body, your CNS is ready to actually do a, a workout. Can you explain what HRV means yeah, to people that don't heart rate variability. So there is an app you can I think it's ten bucks and it comes with a with a belt, but you can not have the belt and you just put the finger every single morning on the yes. on the flash where the phone is. Yes. And it measures the the space between the time between each beat of your heart. Yes. So it's the most accurate way to see how your CNS is. How your and CNS is, I think, is more important than muscle soreness. I mean, yes. you, you can train when you're sore, but if you train when your CNS is super down and downregulated, you there is a saying that says uh, undertraining will give you slow progress, but overtraining uh, will give you no progress or reduce your progress, something like that. For sure, the nervous system is is everything for strength, flexibility, mm -hmm. and even building muscle because it governs recovery and also output. Yes. So focusing on what you can do to maximize that mm -hmm. through, I like what you said, having a plan, having a structure, but also being willing to listen when things aren't going well. Because exactly. what I've seen from my experience, mm -hmm. if people don't roughly monitor what they do, mm -hmm. If they're working hard, they'll just keep working themselves into the ground, yes. which, which is dangerous because over time, your progress will actually go down. Yes. And you'll think, what's going on? Am I, not, am I not trying hard enough? Mm -hmm. They push it even more and dig a deeper hole for themselves mm -hmm. for recovery. So I really like the HRV as an example of monitoring objectively, but I'm a big believer in following mm -hmm. a, a rough structure, like you said. Mm -hmm. How long have you been following this certain structure? Mm -hmm. Has it been six weeks, eight weeks? Then maybe it's time to take a recovery period. Yes, which is hard. Yes. For me, I can say for me, like those D-log weeks, oof, yeah. for me are hard. That's but I know like sometimes I do it unconsciously mm. just because I have work to do or stuff to do yeah. and I don't train as hard. And I think like I'm losing gains, but then when I go back, I'm actually yeah. like way, way stronger. Yes. So I, I've never done an intentional D-low week. That's something we've got to get you going, man. Never, never done yeah. an intentional D-low week. Especially with the way that you train, I mm -hmm. think it's, it's vital. Yeah, we're, we're it's not super, machines. super important. Super, super, yeah. super critical. Yeah. So at the beginning, more, more before, I used to train like, like an animal, like two sessions a, a day, Monday through Saturday. Like for me to take two days off was like impossible. Yes. It has to be like one day and I had to walk during that day. So I was making progress, but I was burning out my certain nervous system. This I wasn't is, thinking straight. Yeah. It was actually raising my anxiety too. Of course, I mean, because sometimes you can be a good teacher, but mm -hmm. sometimes not a good teacher for yourself because you're so passionate about what you do. That is so true. And I feel I relate to you in that respect. We, mm -hmm. we know objectively, scientifically, you need to train hard and rest. Yes. But we're so passionate about this. We mm -hmm. want to set the standard for our students and the mm -hmm. public that yeah, we want to push it as hard as we physically can, mm -hmm. but it's hard to identify when you need to stop. That is true. So like I might be training really hard and you come to me and be like, Daniel, you've been training for eight weeks without mm -hmm. a rest. Take it easy. Oh, you're right. Uh -huh. And the same thing for you. So yeah, I think yeah. it's nice to have people that are knowledgeable that you trust that you can bounce mm -hmm. your training off. That is a, yeah, that's a good one too. And also realize that you have other stressors and training is a big stress. Yeah, for so sure. If you are going through a very stressful period in your life, maybe training so hard is not the best idea. Maybe I agree. a yoga period or mobility flex session 
is what you need to do. For, and really for a week, you can do that for three days and your CNS can record faster. You're not going to lose, you're not gonna lose you much won. progress by being active for a week and mm -hmm. avoiding the activity you always do. You so. might even gain more because you are exploring different and you're reconnecting different parts of your brain. Yeah. Like, which I'm trying to get right now into that, yeah. like juggling yeah. and, and like, I'm, I'm a very rigid uh, person in the way I move. Uh, I don't know where I got that from. I did karate for 15 years. Maybe that's why like I got all those movements, like yeah. all those clean form, like perfect form, how you call it. Yeah. But if you put me to dancing or if you put me to like, like Ido Portal yeah. style, like yeah. movement wise, I suck at it. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. And you put me to juggling. I, I cannot even juggle with two balls. And like, I know I need to work towards that. So getting out of your comfort zone, if, imagine like if I get super good at juggling, mm. that actually might improve my hand balancing a lot because it's coordination. Yes, you're not balancing in your hands, but your eyes, your movement of your eyes, the coordination yeah. of your hands may teach you that. It's that, it gives you a chance to have a break from the activity that you always do. Mm -hmm. Might give you a new perspective on a different way to structure training. Maybe, Maybe you just need rest, rest as well. well. Yes. But yeah, that's, that's a really good way to think of it. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask, because you're juggling your own training mm -hmm. there's personal stuff going on i believe you're going to be getting married yes hopefully in the, in the near future in the near future hopefully this by the end of this year or beginning of next year. congrats by the way thank you and recently you've embarked on this major mission with a lot of responsibility and a big vision for the future with starting saturno movement yes as opposed to just your own brand name through mm -hmm. your own practice how are you juggling your training, personal life, and a business with delegating all these different tasks to different people? You've got your own gym. Mm -hmm. you've, you've started a monthly academy, which is a ton of content, mm -hmm. and you're putting out all this free content. Mm -hmm. How are you still staying sane, happy, <laughs> and not killing all those around you, man? It's been a, it's been a, a very tough, difficult, I'm gonna just throw words, gratifying, yeah. terrifying, um, beautiful, ugly, um, difficult, but yeah. wonderful at the same time. I love that you say all those different uh, descriptive words because mm -hmm. on the surface we see social media, people see you crushing it. The stats are going up, yeah, yeah, more yeah. followers, you, likes, you all so that. Much. You're yeah, so successful, yeah. I'm like, mm. Behind, behind the scenes, there's a lot of work. I can only appreciate mm -hmm. how much goes into doing this and doing it properly, doing it patiently, putting quality into what you do. Do you, do you set certain deadlines? Do you have certain hard rules for yourself? How, how have you been growing with all of this responsibility? I mean, there's, there is so much that it, it's hard for me to say where, where to begin. Um, what would you tell yourself mm -hmm. if you started this at the beginning? Again. At the beginning, yeah. be more empathetic with the people that you work with, be patient, and be patient with yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't be so hard on yourself. Don't be, perfectionism was one of the biggest things that, that I'm still battling. Yeah. And thankfully I got a, a full team that actually tell me, yo, this is already good. This is yeah. amazing, like, yeah. this is excellent but I just wanted to take it to the perfect level. They tell me, no, put it out. And dealing with that has been a, a, a huge challenge. But like I said, like we have gotten like so many lessons along the way. Like I, I, one year ago I used to, if I, the team was filming me, 
actually the cameraman right over there. <laughs> he was like talking to me and stuff, like interrupting me to say something about a move that I was doing. I would get angry one day, like I remember that, and I would and I scream at him. Mm. And then I saw that video and I saw my, my face and I was like, like, damn, the Gabo, well, that's not you. You need to work on that. And you can ask them right now. Like mm. they can interrupt me. They can, yeah. they can punch me. They yeah. can do whatever. And I'm just yeah. going to, what's up? Let me, I love let that, me man, because like, I feel very similar to you. I think mm -hmm. when you're new to having responsibility and business, it's, it's easy to get frustrated and short with people. But then, I don't know if this is similar for you, but I found that it was my own shortcoming. It's the fact that I didn't, you. Yeah, didn't, you. didn't take you. responsibility for what we were doing. And if you get frustrated because the other people mm -hmm. on your team don't know, do you think maybe that's because I didn't tell them clearly yes. what the goal is? Absolutely, absolutely. So one of the biggest phrases that I'm living right now by is you are absolutely responsible for everything that happens in your life. I used to live by that before having the business, but right now during this business time, I say, I am absolutely responsible for everything that happens in Saturno Movement. Even if somebody is the one that breaks the camera, even if somebody, uh, I don't know, well, we make mistakes so many times, yeah. but how you deal with that is like, you need to ask yourself, how many mistakes have you made today? You always want to find one. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, and then like, how would you be mad at somebody for making another mistake? Mm. So That is absolutely great advice for business owners that want mm -hmm. to be leaders. As a leader, it's not all glitz and glamour. You've, you've got to get oh, no. in the trenches dirty. You've got to get uncomfortable emotionally with the people you're around, be mm -hmm. honest. But like you said, be honest with yourself and you know, take charge as the leader and direct things with yeah, being real, being credible and Absolutely. taking ownership. Absolutely, like, like literally I feel like the beginning I was like, okay, a leader when I become being a CEO, yeah. Uh, yeah, I have people working for me. But then you realize that you, it's not actually like that. You actually work for them. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, and you, need to, you need to be okay with that. And yeah, man. Even the, even the people that we're filming YouTube, Instagram content for, mm -hmm. the consumers are mm -hmm. essentially employing us. Yes. With, without them, without, without them, we wouldn't yeah, be here. We wouldn't be able now. to do what we love for a living, which is teach people how to get better with their bodies, strength, mm -hmm. be happier with themselves. So without that, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So being relatively new to business, mm -hmm. what have been the major challenges that you faced mm -hmm. and how have you overcome them? Okay. Uh, as I mentioned, patience, like being more patient with people around me, pe like with myself. Uh, I think the biggest quality that a leader can develop is dealing with the stress mm. because things doesn't get easier. And I thought actually like things was going to get easier. Like we just went to Fear Expo California, our Fear of Fear Expo. That week was insanely crazy. And we yeah. said, yo, this felt like we, I don't know, like a year of lessons that we need to write down. Yes. Then we came back and we, we had the lunch a month after that. That month was insanely crazy. Then we thought, oh, when we launch, we're gonna be chill. Then we launch, and it got crazier. Yeah. <laughs> then a month passed after we launched. It's been a month and a half that we launched. And right now it's crazier than ever. So I know that it's gonna be crazy, crazy, and more crazy yes. every single time. So I think we need to develop a stress management, like your threshold of, of stress. I think that happened for you too. Like you, before you used to get 
a stress, a stress by little things, but right now you, you can handle more things. Yes. And you begin to handle those things. But yeah, but that was for, I already mentioned that. So another challenge, delegating is a huge one, huge, huge one, because you think like nobody can do it like you. And first of all, that's coming from a place of ego, which is something that I'm also working on. Um, delegating, like, like saying you do what you used to do, yeah. it is very, very hard. Yeah. And it is hard and you need to be also be careful because if you're teaching somebody something that you used to do, you need to be aware that that person is going to learn it. It's going to take some time, but it's going to learn it in a, in a yeah. fast enough pace that it's not going to slow you down. Yeah. Maybe because it can take you a month to teach that person and then you realize that that is not the person. Yeah. So you basically lost a month. Right, so it's yeah. like you need to find, you need to have an intuition, I think, for those people that you can actually delegate some things. Perfect. I agree and disagree with you. Let me, that, I, I love that. <laughs> I agree with the fact that delegation is key, mm -hmm. but I disagree with what you said that you can find other people for everything. Because mm -hmm. I disagree that there's another Gabo. In oh, the that's sense, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, the yeah. sense of being a teacher with how you present your information, mm -hmm. how you motivate people. It's going to be very hard to find another version of you yes. that does yoga, mm -hmm. calisthenics, and is a good teacher that you can't delegate. Exactly. So you need to delegate the yes. parts that are yes. not naughty. Obviously. Yes. Yeah. So what are you good at as well? So you're good at video editing. Mm -hmm. You're also good at audio engineering. Mm -hmm. But you can also get other people to do that, which yes. is the hardest thing to do. Exactly. So I, and I need to do it because if I don't do it and, and design, like checking design, like, like Saturno movement has yeah. like so many areas and I want to actually cover all those areas. Yeah, yeah. And I need to delegate those areas because if I don't do it, I, I don't have the time and energy to actually produce the content. For sure. So and that producing that content, I cannot delegate that content at but least for now. The great thing with <laughs> you having multiple hats, so to speak, or mm -hmm. skill sets, with teaching, video editing, as well as audio, mm -hmm. is that you can very clearly delegate that to other people. Yes. Whereas if all you did was teach, you mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to tell your videographer, I need to get this shot with this lens, uh, I need mm -hmm. this audio in this way, I needed the video edited in this way. Yes. Whereas now you've got that skill set. So you doing the university degrees, precious time. Mm -hmm. You spending the time by yourself without a team doing the video editing it's paid off now because when you get people on board mm -hmm. to delegate that stuff you know bang 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 i like it this way this way and that's why i think your business has grown so quickly thank you yeah i think what, what that's one of the first rules of delegating know at least at least 25 percent of what you're delegating because it's not like even simple things like how much are you going to charge like mm -hmm. how much a person is going to charge you for editing a video. Yes. So if somebody comes to me and, and it's a 45 minute long YouTube video with Perfect. three shots and he charged me, he says, no, this video is 1000. And if I don't know anything about video editing, I'm going to think that that is like super expensive, yes. which is actually super, super cheap. Yeah. You can either <laughs> like be taken advantage cheap. of or not. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it can be either too cheap or not too cheap. So you need to like know how long does it take to do some, some things and at least have a base knowledge yes. on some things and others, like big knowledge on some things, but others not so much of a good knowledge. And that's okay. And yeah. that's okay. Yes, like yes. shipping products, 
uh, I just trust my, my business partner, which yeah. is right there in front of me. <laughs> and I don't, I have no clue how to get a box in here, a VPS, yes. put a stamp on that and just send it over. I have no sure. clue. And, and I know I need to learn it, but I think it's probably not this, the right time just because I have so much on my plate yes. that I just need to trust. Sometimes. Of course, I think that's the perfect approach. Yeah. It seems like you're really clear on what you're doing and mm -hmm. where you're going, which is really motivational for me to see mm -hmm. someone else in the industry working towards great things. What is the vision for the future for Saturno <laughs> Movement? And what are you going to do that is going to be better than anyone else in fitness? Because it seems like you just don't want to do the standard. I can tell that you're, you're really putting your life, your soul, all of your energy and resources mm -hmm. into your baby, yes. Saturno Movement. Mm -hmm. So where's it going? What's the vision? Okay. Um, there are some things that I don't want to reveal because there are some secrets, but the vision is creating something that is, first of all, it's not me. That's why it's a tunnel movement and it's not Gabo movement. So it's something bigger than myself. Uh, that way I can also have a life and <laughs> not, not being real, like not having to be on camera every single day. Yeah. Uh, even though I, I love being on camera, but I do want to take a vacation, uh, yeah, 30 yeah. days vacation with my future wife, a honeymoon, and I do want to enjoy that. And being a monthly uh, subscription, which you need to put out content constantly, mm. uh, the vision for Saturno Movement is having different people from different disciplines to teach different disciplines. Also because well, that's one reason I don't want to be completely, like it doesn't depend on me. And the other thing is I'm not an expert on everything. And even though, yes, I know yoga and calisthenics, um, if you didn't have your own business and I know you, like I would call you, you'll be part of, uh, do create the calisthenics part of Saturno Movement. And mm. I don't know how to backflip, I'm not gonna teach you how to backflip. Mm. And like, I want Saturno Movement to have experts in the field. So I cannot learn everything. I know I suck at a lot of things. Uh, I know I'm good at some things and that's the things that I'm going to teach, what I'm gonna grab. Grab. have somebody else and experts in other fields yes. to teach those things because I want it not only to be calisthenics and yoga that is basically a I would say a marketing selling point Beautiful. because they are those are very trending marks and that's actually what I do but I really want to promote movement and just overall well-being awesome good response man that's a very complete thank answer thank you <laughs> what sparked you to start a business? I know from your history, mm -hmm. this is what everyone wants to know. I'm going to ask this question right now. Gabo, <laughs> why did you leave Fenex? <laughs> What's the story? That's actually that? the first time that somebody asked me that. <laughs> really? I, I, I've seen this comment around a few times, so I thought I'd, <laughs> I'd ask what the people have been asking me. I'm just... An interviewer just asking a question, a mouth, or mm -hmm. words from the people, why? Okay, so I always wanted to keep it personal and because people like drama a lot. Like mm -hmm. you do one thing and like you, you just say one word and people are gonna make a whole story about that word. So what I always said at the beginning, responding to the comment, is, was that it was not my choice. And I left that to people to Think about it. So if it, was, it was not my choice, obviously they kicked me out. Um, but 
then I realized that saying that it was not my choice was actually not the real answer that I wanted to say because I actually wanted to leave. I wanted to leave Phoenix for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And there were many reasons why I didn't do it. And, but I am, I'm not gonna say the reason and I'm not gonna say why they actually did that or who did it or why they did it. I'm just gonna say that I am a, the most grateful for that, for that specific moment. Even though it was super, super hard, I, it, it is one of the best things that could have happened to me. So we're not going to get a, di- a direct response from Gabo in this video, unfortunately. So no, I, li- I like to, I like to, I don't, I don't, I don't like drama and, and I, and I don't want to get people involved, mm-hmm. even yeah. though probably me saying this, you guys are going to blast those comments and attack other people and, and, and the team, the Phoenix team is probably going to see this. Uh, I'm not saying, I don't think I'm saying anything wrong. I'm saying the truth. I don't want to say the reason just because if I say the reason, then it's going to create a ball of fire that, I mean, I don't want to get into that. Fair but, enough. You don't have to. I think yeah. your, your answer was very justified. That's fine, man. And yeah. I can tell from spending a week with you that you're on a very similar page to me. It's not about drama, like you said. Our, our intentions with what we do is very simple. We want to teach people how to become better. Exactly. Physically, mentally, Absolutely. like we said, we want to come from a place that's very pure, teaching the best information mm-hmm. so that people can do what matters most, which is empower themselves with knowledge. Exactly. And surround yourself with people that actually are in the same lane. Like yeah. You. You'll see on this video, it's nothing but positive connection with all the collaborations where bouncing off each other there's there's no putting each other down if it is it's coming from a place of genuine care to get the most out of the other person you're going to see all of the collab videos that gabo and i do there's going to be parts where he is amazing and i'm there struggling shaking can't breathe but we put it out there we're not just choosing content that suits our particular needs and we want to show you that that's that's a genuine thing and that's the reality that you guys and girls, everyone that's listening is dealing with as well in your own practice. You see social media, everything looks perfectly refined and stuff like that. You know, we're not stupid. That's not reality. Yeah, it's not reality. We live this stuff. We're passionate about it. We, we try our best to be as good as we can. Yeah. We can't do it all. Well, but... We're humans, exactly. We fail as much as they fail. Yes. And I think we actually are good at what we do because we fail probably more than they fail, which is an amazing point. And what I always like to say is a good teacher often has to struggle themselves. Yes. And that's why I gravitated towards you because Mm -hmm. I know your journey. I know it didn't come easy for you. I know you had to spend, people have probably got no idea how many thousands of hours you did yoga practice, how much you struggled to get your perfect pike, perfect Mm -hmm. handstand, Mm -hmm. hours, hours to to get that good. Yeah, because it's been five years and people say, I mean, you probably have genetics uh, because you do that. It wasn't genetics. It was actually that I put twice the work of somebody that gets in 10 years. And I really like that as well, because now you know the entire process of what it takes to unlock mobility, unlock strength in different Mm -hmm. movements, because you didn't just say, I want to get a for example, handstand, just do the handstand. Mm -hmm. No, you had to do the stretching, the core work, 
the conditioning with the wall, mm -hmm. the balance, the, the practice, the testing, different things. It didn't come by just doing the exercise. Mm -hmm. And I think most people that get to a very high level can be either two approaches. It either comes easy to them or it comes very hard. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, we can't often tell which is which. But often I've found from my own experience that the teachers that go on to be good teachers mm -hmm. are the ones that struggle because yes. they find the progressions they can relate to the beginner, which is the average person consuming our content. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, it has so many, so many blockages and limitations that I've talked about. Like my hands are super, like my body's not designed to do a pipe press, actually. No. Like my legs are like longer than my arms. Like, yeah. like I, if I measure it, like my index finger get up to here, which for a normal person get up to here, yeah. which helps with pressing. Uh, I was super, super stiff. Uh, like I said, my hands are very small, so for hand balancing, it's not very optimal. Um, hands uh, small in relationship to my body. I dislocated both of my shoulders 40 times, and I do hand signs. It's all about your shoulder stability. Yeah, yeah. So I had to work around that, and I want to also send that message to the people that mm. if I was able to do it, you are able to do it too. Yeah. And you might be saying, I have more limitations than what you just mentioned and then work more than I worked. Or if you are not willing to work more, I think don't complain is yeah. one of the biggest one. If you are happy with what you got, yeah. you are successful. You already won. Yeah. You, that's it. Yeah. You won the lottery. Even if you don't have anything like money related or Hansen related, if you're happy, you won. It's easy for us to sit here and say it in a, mm -hmm. in a talking fashion like this, but focus on what can be changed. Don't focus on what can't be changed. I, I hate the idea of genetics. Yes, some people are going to build, you. <laughs> some people are going to build muscle more. Some people are going to build flexibility more. Great. Can you change your genetics? No, no not, from a, not, not from a deep level. What can you change? Your attitude, your passion, your consistency, your nutrition, your sleep. How much work you put in. How much work you put in, how intelligent you are with mm -hmm. learning, dropping the ego and knowing when it's time to push, when it's time to step back. Mm -hmm. That stuff you can control. You can't control your height. Absolutely, absolutely. I can't control that I'm six foot tall. Does it make no, you sense? He lever up, planching and like a handstand. Yeah. We just did a one-arm handstand and like, I couldn't believe it. I was amazed by, right. by seeing that. And I know that he had to put twice the work so that, that somebody, <laughs> <laughs> that somebody else had to put in and that's that's something that we need to know some people come easy and some people you need to work more so you need to if you really want to get here and you see somebody that got here faster don't say don't don't point fingers just focus on you mm. and know how that just realize that you need to put more work to get there that's great and i think it's awesome that people will understand that's the mindset you need a positive responsible mindset mm -hmm. but someone that's a beginner completely new to exercise of course everything that we're talking about is very daunting mm -hmm. they're not going to really know what what to do to start with what would be some of the best advice that you'd give for someone new to exercise in a physical practice either by body by rings or sign up to the academy. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Download our programs. <laughs> Download our programs down below. Link down below. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. But best advice, just, this is a Nike thing. Just do it. Yeah. Just do it. I mean, yeah. and 
either if it's either his program or my program, just do it and follow it. But but only those two. But only no, those no two. one else on YouTube. <laughs> no one else in fitness. It's just it's just us. Yeah. yeah like we're not selling anything. Yeah. No, but for real, like any program that you stick to, just stick to it because people say, you know, this diet is not working for me. How long have you been doing it for? One week. Of course, it's not working. Uh, this program doesn't work. How long have you been doing it for? No, six months. Okay. Are you being consistent on six months? No, I, every, every, yeah. every weekend I drink. Of course you're not going to be progressing. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, now if somebody comes and say, I've been doing this program for five months, strictly to the teeth, I've been eating the right way, I feel good, but I don't progress, then that program sucks. Yeah. And, or you are not suited for that program and you need to change program. It yeah. might not be the program, it is the program and you. And you need to yeah. realize that everything affects everything like yeah. and especially in calisthenics if we're talking about calisthenics people get very frustrated yeah. when they have like a bad session yeah, yeah, yeah. just a, a thousand extra calories that you ate can make you feel heavier and make you do less pull-ups or that 1000 extra calories can make you feel stronger and do 10 more pull-ups yeah so realize that or one hour of sleep or many things if I'm gonna chime in on this, I think it's the person with the work ethic, mm -hmm. how hard they're trying, honestly, mm -hmm. as well as consistency. Consistency, yeah, absolutely key. Because the, the person that is following a terrible workout program, mm -hmm. but they, they do it with passion and consistency and frequency, they're going to do better than the person, and this is coming from someone that believes in an evidence-based, science-based approach, the person that just tries hard and is consistent on any program will beat the person who tries to do the perfect program, doesn't work hard, or doesn't follow that program. Yes. So consistency, work hard, do that for years, and you'll have the skill sets like Gabba <laughs> eventually if you, can, if you can stay honest with it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely agree with that. Consistency. And I read actually uh, one of your Instagram posts. Uh, it's, a, it's a quote, I think it's a common quote. Uh, short term intensity uh, is l short term consistency versus long term intensity or the uh, you know short term intensity is not the same as just long term consistency exactly so what that means is you're you'd rather push yourself but a little bit yeah, but not to tolerate not to the point of mm -hmm. destroying yourself and do that over and over and over again because You'll see progressive progress mm -hmm. by doing that, but the person who tries to just go super hard in one or two sessions, mm -hmm. they're probably going to get injured Either. or they'll psychologically get burnt out. Can I keep this up? Yeah. Can I train this hard then all they, the time? They don't train the next day. They don't create the habit. Yeah, it's too hard. I can't stick to this. Mm -hmm. So being patient. Is, there, yeah. There's a place for intensity though, I think. I'm, but, I'm not saying don't work yeah, hard, yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah, do yeah. it over a long period. Because for me, like this is sorry, this is not a question from you, but it actually, I went to the two extremes. So I was going to the super high intensity with consistency and that burned me out. And then I read, uh, I saw a podcast uh, from Joe Rogan, I remember with who, uh, that he says less is more and like very less, less work. Mm -hmm. So I took that approach. But it didn't work either because I was under training. Yes. It wasn't yes. that much. So you need to find that sweet spot. And to find that sweet spot is a trial and error thing. Mm. I also believe a lot in cycles. So mm. there are weeks where you can go super hard. Realize that the next week you won't go as hard. Yes. And cycles. Cycles is something, it's a big word. So based on achieving business goals, 
personal goals with your own training. How do you support all of this? How do you, how do you have the energy to do everything that you need to do, eight hours working plus a day filming and your own training? Nutrition, what style of, what style of eating do you believe in? Nutrition for me is huge, but huge in a way that one extra meal can ruin my entire next day or my entire next training session and like I really feel it. I don't know if it's, I am very sensitive. There's two things. I'm very sensitive with everything that I put into my body and I am also very aware of how my body functions. Yeah. So I notice right away if something I eat doesn't goes well with me and it goes straight to my brain. Well, they got your gut in the second brain, so how the, your digestive system is, it's actually how your brain functions. Some people don't notice it. Some people, I know so many people that thrive eating pizza every single day and, and they say they feel okay. I don't know if it's lack of awareness. I don't know if they don't know the other extreme. Mm. I believe in the latter, the second one, that they actually have an experience what it, feel, what it, yeah, what it feels to feel good. So they feel like eating, like feeling like that, it's normal. Exactly. They, 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 yeah, they're a baseline. But since I have experienced what it feels to feel absolutely like crap, mm -hmm. and I feel like how it feels to feel absolutely amazing, then I know like the variables. So back to your question, nutrition is a super game changer for me. Like I really pay attention to when I can and when the willpower doesn't go. We'll talk about that in a window. second. Yeah, so yes. what, what style do you do? Mm -hmm. Do you protein, carbs, fats? Do you track calories? I've never tracked my calories in my entire life. I've never counted my calories in my entire life. I don't recommend that if you don't know anything about nutrition, you do that. I actually would say that at least have an idea or if, like if you really don't know anything yeah. I would actually recommend like track your calories get the fitness pal app do it for like a week or two but in my personal opinion I think is it's not it's useless because yes we burn a certain amount of calories in one single day but like I said cycles it changes from day to day depending mm -hmm. on how much you work out depending on everything affects how many calories you eat so my approach is not how many calories I eat in one day it's how many calories I eat in a full week or in a, because your body doesn't understand really days or weeks or it just understand time period. Yes. It's also an illusion, but I'm eating too guru. <laughs> so if I don't eat anything one day, because I do it sometimes, I do fasting, and then the next day I'm gonna replace those calories and just eat a little more. Beautiful. Yeah. So in terms of the breakdown, we're not talking that you track calories, but. I do, I do eat high fat, very, very low carb. I'm very sensitive to, to carbs. I don't react well. Like I get like way too much of a massive pump. I get inflammation and, yeah, right. and I try to do pull-ups and my bicep is like exploding and stuff. Yeah. So I work really well with high fat, low carb and moderate protein. I fast almost every single day. I feel very good when I fast. How many hours mm, generally? Mm, generally speaking, I do between 18 hours every single day. Did you say 18? 18, yeah. Right. And okay. the longest I've gone is like 42 hours. Damn, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah that's a lot. I mean, there, it's not really a lot. There are people that do it three or four days. The thing for me is that since I train like way too hard, plus the stressors, plus having no body fat, uh, like your body needs to grab energy from somewhere. Yeah, of course. So if somebody is like overweight or has a little bit of fat, he can actually, if he fasts for like three or four days, it's actually healthier than, yeah. than having a calorie restricted diet. Whereas you're more sensitive opinion. to it because you're active and you're lean. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I mean, this is, this is your approach. This is me chatting to you. Yes. There's 
so many ways to approach nutrition, macros, timing, food types, and on and on. This like, is what works mm -hmm. for you. I asked you today, what, what do you have for breakfast? Can you yeah. say it? I, I'm traveling and the schedule's all over the place, but mm -hmm. today was seven boiled eggs with uh, probably a cup or so of rice uh -huh. with some yogurt, banana, and spinach. Okay, if I eat that at that time, I go to bed. <laughs> like whereas, I get lazy, I, I like it doesn't yeah. work for me. Like yeah. it, it, that, that breakfast, then I try it. Doesn't work for me also because I adapted my body to, to this style. But the point that we're trying to make is that it works for you and it works for somebody else. So if you're going to follow others, other people, other person's plan, try it, but don't think you're gonna get his results or her exactly. results. Yeah. Try it and you might feel good or you might not feel good. And I'm not against any diet whatsoever. If you thrive, if you feel good, if that makes you do the things that you want to do in a day and you're happy, then that's, that is your way of eating. Yes. Don't force an approach because some guru has said, this is the perfect way to do it. You've got to find the food types and amounts that work with your body and give you energy to do what you do. Yes. This works for you because you can do everything you need to do in a day mm -hmm. and you don't feel fatigued, sluggish, you can make it happen and it's working exactly. for you. Exactly. And one point, important point is it's working now. Oof, that's big. Cycles. Big. It might not work tomorrow after tomorrow. Yeah. I eat carbs. I cycle carbs. I like every four day or something, like I have my yeah. bowl of oatmeal and that, that's all I need. Oh, that's a bit, that's a bit. Yeah, uh, it feels amazing. It, like, ah, <laughs> like, it feels amazing. Yeah. But it feels amazing in my body sometimes, but like it, like, yes. it, it varies, but yes. it depends on seasons. Like it's been seasons where I go full blown keto yeah. and yeah. that works for that specific period in my life, which was a lot of mental thing. Mm. And it has to, I had to keep like a steady energy. But right now I'm filming like five videos a day plus my own training plus you came here and made me film like a thousand videos. I just killed you. <laughs> so I need some car yes. for sure. That yeah, is yeah. for sure. Are you doing anything as far as other than nutrition? Like are you a coffee drinker, pre-workout stuff? What's, mm. what's your thoughts on that? It's been more than two years. I don't drink pre-workout. Mm -hmm. Cut it out completely. Uh, it's been more than two years. I don't drink. I don't take creatine, BCAAs, uh, glutamine. I have some in my house, and some, if I'm making a shake, I might just put some glutamine if, if I see it. It's, it's not a regular thing. It's, so it's probably regular. it's probably not even physiologically. It's not being consistent enough. Not at all. And if you enter to my, I don't know where you put the stuff, the food stuff, uh, you see a bunch of bottles of of vitamins and like pills and stuff and I don't take them anymore because I used to do a lot like magnesium and vitamin D and this one and this one like I used to have my my yeah. supplements and stuff and then I realized that if you get it from food you don't really need it but it depends from person to person exactly and my biggest advice that I give people is don't guess mm -hmm. don't take something because you've read a research article that says most people are deficient yes. take it yes. or, or this or this or this <laughs> You only know by being objective. How do you do that? Get a blood test. Get a blood test. As yes. you said, this is the approach that works for you right now. Mm -hmm. Maybe you do this in 10 years when you're 37 mm -hmm. and your body's different. Yes. You're not just going to keep doing it. You'll yeah, get a blood test. They might be like, 
you're deficient in, as you said, zinc or magnesium. Exactly, then you need to change and eat foods on that or supplement in, the, in those areas. But don't take things just because it's on the internet because don't do it. you'll probably be taking it too long. <laughs> more than necessary and essentially you're urinating money yes. with the supplements that are above mm -hmm. what you need. And it depends also on the vitamin. If it's yeah. a fat-soluble vitamin, you can even kill yourself. Yes. You, can, you can get an overdose. If it's a water-soluble, it's like you said, you just pee it. And we're not saying supplements don't work. We're not saying any form of nutrition doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Depends on the person, if they're deficient and what works for them. But I also read something really interesting, a good quote, and it was, if a supplement was really effective and really mm -hmm. potent, mm -hmm. it would be illegal. It is true. And it has happened many times. I executed with used to burn fat. They had something... Yeah. They, they ban it, or yes. like little supplements that they ban it because... Was it the 1,3-dimethylamine? Do you remember uh, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that it was, was in the pre-workouts and I had that for a few years. Mm -hmm. I remember that was when I first started training and mm -hmm. a few friends were taking it and they were just getting jacked yeah, up yeah, on pre-workouts. Like that. It's practically amphetamines, isn't it? Yeah. That's mm -hmm. yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, so you need to be careful with that. And I used to take a lot. I take a lot of... I took a lot of fat burnings and pre-workouts. Addictive, like three, four, scoop of C4, just to get my workout done. Yeah. And, no, and, well, I cut it actually because of the anxiety, which is, was, was good, yeah. at least the pre-workouts. But then I realized, like, you don't need it. And the more you can have, like, natural energy, is, is so much powerful than Oof. a another type of energy, artisti art yes. artificial energy. It's a more realistic, long-term approach because then you have full power over your conditions. You don't need to have the perfect conditions mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, oh, I have to have my meal before I train, or I need to have my pre-workout before I train, or I need to listen to headphones. Mm -hmm. It's great to mix listen up. Listen to music. You yeah. listen to music while working out, yeah. Mix up your training. Get uncomfortable with different environments. Like when we've been training here, mm -hmm. we had a training session where we were filming and talking while we're doing it. Exactly. And all this stuff's going on, mm -hmm. and we're still having our session. Exactly. Or if you're traveling and you don't have your usual gym equipment, what are you going to do then? You're going to not train? Not train. Or not train as hard? I've found that when you change the environment to be more demanding, it sucks. Let's not, let's not discount that. It's hard to push through these things, but you grow through That's it. That's how you grow. You, you become I mean? an absolute animal. You can, anything, a challenge in front of you becomes surmountable. You can do it. Yeah, and eventually you get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. And that's how, that's how we grow, that's when change actually happens. Is there anything you do in your day-to-day -day routine where you actively seek discomfort other than training? Uh, cold showers, for sure. I mean, it's not as discomfort per se, uh, because I actually enjoy it. Uh, but when I do ice bath, yeah. that's challenging. That is challenging. Yeah. And, and I do it. I like that because very similar to when we were training, you're mm -hmm. like, just focus on the breathing. Mm -hmm. If it comes to stretching, as calm as you can be mm -hmm. during that moment, the more power you have over your own body and your own mm -hmm. mind. Exactly. So the cold shower is a chance for you to, it's not going to be comfortable. It's getting, not. Getting cold, no. your body, it's your natural reaction is yes. to seize up, stop breathing. But it's a chance for you to be like, okay, breathe, mm -hmm. just get in there and accept it. Yeah. And besides the physio physiological benefits, I mean, is the mental benefits of doing something that scares you. Yes. I believe that somebody, every, everybody has to do at least one thing every single day that scares you. That's so easy. It's to, so easy to say. So it's easy to I'm say. I'm not saying I do it. Like you ask me. Huh? 
It's so easy to agree with too. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Good yeah, advice. Yeah, exactly. But it's hard to do it. But how many people, myself, yourself included, do that consistently? N not myself. Not all the time. Not no. all the time. No, not yeah. at all. Not at all. Yeah. But that's where the real growth comes, like you said, in your business, mm -hmm. delegating. That's uncomfortable. With, with our own training, we've identified your mm -hmm. weaknesses, my weaknesses. It's great when we're here, we're motivated, we're inspired mm -hmm. by each other's presence. Yes. Come next week, mm -hmm. are we going to make those changes? That's going to be the deciding factor if we're doing mm -hmm. a one-arm chin-up in six months or a year. Or, <laughs> or, if, or if Daniel <laughs> is able to bend sideways <laughs> with the calisthenics lats. So, I mean, it's a great way to keep us honest. That's the biggest lesson, both failure, mm -hmm. pain, discomfort. Yes. It's required for growth. So easy to say it and, so and, so, to say. and, and so hard to do it, but yeah. it's true. It is true. In terms of getting a balance in life, we have discussed this, it's almost impossible to be completely balanced yes. and achieve things to a high extent. But how do you balance your work and personal life? Do you have a daily routine that helps you deal with that? Currently I don't, just because everything happens so fast. Like since we came back from California, this two months has been crazy. And yes. I actually broke up with my future wife like four times in like two weeks, which was crazy. Mm -hmm. And because I actually didn't have the time to actually like give her the attention that she needed. And I had troubles with my parents too, with other people. Uh, now I'm learning how to balance that in a way, but I do believe in, I don't believe in a balanced life. I believe in a balanced life for you. Yes. And I also believe in cycles, like I said before. So I, I was able to communicate my point across to both my friends, my family and, right. and my girl that this is a cycle and this is like, I need to put in, I need to spend Saturday and Sunday working all day yes. so in six months hopefully or one year or whatever it has to take yeah. I can build the life that I want to build which is taking my Sundays off uh, playing with my kids uh, and yeah. not having to work from 8am till 11pm which is the time mm. that I work uh, like literally like just waking up going for a walk like having that but in order for me to get to that point I feel like I need to go to the extremes yes. as always yes. I go to the extremes yes. And I took it too far at the beginning, I must say, and I don't regret anything, absolutely anything in my life, but I know I could have done it better. Mm. Uh, I literally was going to sleep at 11 a.m. That was my sleeping time. And I was waking up like at 9 p.m. because I was shifting, I began shifting my time. Yeah. So I took it way too far. Uh, but right now, I, I can say that I am balanced, but for other person might not be balanced because yeah. I'm literally working from Monday to Monday. I'm taking only Saturdays half day off to spend with my girl. Yes. And that's it. So I'm working like full time. So your answer to balance now. is it's not happening for you right now, but it's something mm -hmm. you work for in the future. Yes. And that's, and that's fine because you're aware of mm -hmm. that. And what I really like with what you just recommended mm -hmm. was that communication. Absolutely. If you took the same approach, but weren't clear with your friends and family that this is my passion. This is what I'm working on. I appreciate if you could understand that this is the position I'm in. If they're true friends and family and they know that that's your passion, they're going to stick with you. They're going to exactly. get it. Exactly. And, and why you're doing it too. But if you didn't tell them and then you suddenly never spend time with them, mm -hmm. are short with them, that's a big thing that's happened for me recently too. Mm -hmm. Traveling and not being 
clear enough with those that I care about that mm -hmm. this is why I'm not responding or, or being, you know, spending as much time or, or mm -hmm. you know, checking in as much. It's because of the same thing. Yes, and, it, and it's been hard. I must say, like, and like I, I got into my WhatsApp and I see like 20 and I, from like three, mm -hmm. four days ago and I don't have the time to respond. I just, I feel bad and I used to be, I, I used to be, I still um, re try to respond as much as possible to my comments and to my yeah. DMs and and it was recently, like a month ago, I was able to handle all my YouTube comments, all my Instagram mm -hmm. comments and most of my DMs and I said, I'm going to keep doing this and suddenly it's become absolutely impossible, like absolutely impossible. Yes, I can do it, but my business is going to go very low because it's too many hours to spend in that. I'm going to keep doing it and I want to get to, to a point where like I'm more organized yes. in a way that this hour I'm going to respond to DMs, this hour I'm going to respond to comments because it actually fulfills my soul and I, I want to invest time in the people that are investing time in me. For sure. Uh, but I know that I need to be okay with the fact that I cannot do it mm. because so much. <laughs> if we lived in the perfect world where you had your daily routine on point, everything is in perfect mm -hmm. synchrony, your own training, business, relationships, what would your life look like for an average kind of day, okay. week, okay. period? Do you want to put me Mary already or you want to put me right now? You talk about the ideal. Oh, okay. What are, you, what are you working towards? I'm working towards waking up at 5 a.m. Uh, next to my wife, uh, going for a walk with her or alone, depending. Sometimes I like to be alone by myself. Sometimes sure. I like to share those moments. Getting from that walk 5.30, like my, the routine that I had before, basically. Yeah, then it? listening to, I mean, reading something, a book or something until 6, then doing my yoga practice, meditating till 7, uh, having breakfast with my girl. Uh, I don't know if I have kids at that moment or not. Let, let's put, okay, let's put that I have kids. Uh, playing with my kids, yes. uh, making breakfast for them and taking them to school. Uh, coming to work either at this gym or I don't know where I'll be. Yes. Uh, having my own training, then filming what I want to film that day, not what I am forced to film because, mm. because we have to put it out. And, and if I don't want to film, I don't film. In, if I want to edit, I edit. Like doing what I want to do in that day. Obviously, gonna, there's always going to be things. You, you need to be doing things that you don't want to do, but you have to do it. That is life. You need to pay bills. You need to pay taxes. Yeah, you cannot yeah. get around that. Uh, I do see myself like trying to work on those areas that I, I don't like doing. I hate numbers, like accounting and finance. Yeah, yeah. Like I will never be the accountant for the finance of Saturn Movement. Like, That's your delegated activity. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. Like I don't, I don't like numbers. I don't like numbers. As long as I have to pay my bills and to support for my family and to have, to be able to travel and stuff. I'm okay, but I need somebody that take care of the, of the numbers because yeah. I hate seeing numbers. Yeah, I don't yeah. know, it's like, that's it. But keeping up with the day, um, my training, then going home whenever I, I feel like like 3, 4 p.m., spending a little bit more time with my, with my girl, then maybe having a yoga session at night, having time for myself, doing some reading, keep expanding my mind, like keep learning, uh, which is something that I, Having, I have put a little bit aside on this time sure. because I'm teaching way too much and I realize that if I don't learn, it's going to come to a point that I'm, I'm not going to have anything else to teach. 
So I, I am working towards finding that balance. And I know I need, I need I, because first of all, I'm addicted to learning. So it's been really, really tough for me not to have the time to grab a book and read because yes. I need to put the book apart and grab a blank paper and write what I already know. But I always go back, like I'm writing, and I go back because I want to expand more on that content. Yeah. And so it's been a big, a big challenge. Uh, so my ideal day would be like that, having enough time for me, having enough time for my family, uh, doing this because I love doing this. Like, sure. I already said that to my girl, yes, I'm going like, to be a family man, but I love my job. Yeah. And I'm grateful for that, like big, huge time, I know you are too. Yeah. Like, I love what I do and there are going to be days that that might not be from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. Like I said, it may be the entire full day because I, I, I am driven that day. I feel yeah, like I want to yeah. work that day. And just being comfortable uh, like financially, I would say, so I can actually like do what I want to do every single day because I, think I, I see no point in doing something that you hate for a long period of time. Yes. There are, there are, so you need to do it. But if you are doing this, something that you hate for more than five, six years, I think you need to check yourself. Well, based on having this chat with you, it sounds like you're definitely on that path. Mm -hmm. Sounds like you're ticking a lot of those boxes already. It's just you're really driven on building mm -hmm. the business and everything that comes with it. Mm -hmm. But doing this collaboration with you, man, it's been, it's been great. It's been eye-opening in many respects for me. I know that this is... Respect from me to you. Sorry to interrupt you, but no, my fine. respect from me to you. I watched this guy like from beginning of my calisthenics journey. So I can remember myself in my bed with anxiety, <laughs> learning about calisthenics, yeah. about Daniel Bandel from Fitness FAQs. And he coming here to interview me, for me, is beyond a blessing. Like I said, it goes to show the, the quality of teaching, the credibility that you've got in, in all respects. Um, I'm glad to call you a colleague in the industry. And man, I'm, I'm excited to see what we can both do in the next five, 10, 15, 20 years. I, I know I'm confident we're going to be household names. We're going to stay relevant. We're going to be respected in the industry. And man, I can't wait to see what the future holds for both of us. Let's see, let's see. At least I'm gonna get the one on China. <laughs> yeah, and hopefully a bit more mobility for me. But yeah, for sure. Sweet, man. Thanks for having me at your gym. Thank you so much for having me on your channel and just for coming here and no sharing worries, moments with me. All the best with everything, and I'm yeah. sure it's not the end that you see us two doing stuff together. Just the beginning. Sweet. Thank That's you very nice. much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Visit fitnessfaqs.com to master calisthenics and become a bodyweight pro.